What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast presented by House Enterprise. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, just your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye here chatting with incredible people who have incredible stories to tell. Now, today's episode is a little bit different. As you can see from the title, we are flying solo for the first time in this podcast's history. Um, I promise this isn't going to be an hour long. I promise this isn't going to be a monologue. But I do think I have quite a cool story to tell. As many of you guys know, if you've been following me along uh, this year, I challenged myself in the year 2021 to run 1,000 miles. Coming off of 2020 and the pandemic, I really got into running. I ran 600 miles in, in 2020, starting in March. So the goal was, let's do 1,000. Along the way, I kind of found it in my heart of hearts, in my past athlete life, that what what was I doing? Why was I running 1,000 miles? And as a, as a result, I decided, why not sign up for your first ever marathon? So that's what I did. And on October 31st, just this past Sunday, I did finish that marathon, and I'm going to talk to you about it. So Buckle up. Today's a fun little episode, uh, just telling the story of what a crazy, crazy year it has been and some of the lessons and some of the themes that I have learned along the way of this incredible challenge, and I'd love to share them with you. So here we go. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. Before we dive into this episode, guys, I want to talk to you about a brand new partnership with Beam. Beam is one of those words that has more than meets the eye. Beam stands for be amazing. The best version of you is different from everyone else. For Mike, the founder of Beam, the word Beam has been life-changing. Beam actually happens to be the name of the cancer treatment that saved his life. Pretty amazing, right? So I've been partnering up with Beam Beam's mission is to create superior products. And how do they guarantee this? By controlling the entire process from sourcing and importing the raw ingredients to their in-house flavor team down to the manufacturing and production of the final product. They do it all. No matter what your goals, your passions, or skills, they have it there to help you beam. Be amazing. I've been using beam products during this 1,000-mile man challenge between their pre-workout their protein, their whey protein. My favorite is the vanilla bean soft serve. I absolutely love the pink lemonade uh, pre-workout. What I will say, if you know me, I wasn't always big on pre-workout. I was a little skeptical, but I tried the beam pre-workout, the pink lemonade and the rainbow candy. And man, some of the days that I would go out on runs, I really didn't want to go 10 miles on a random Thursday was really hard to do. So finally started to use that pre-workout and man, those eight to 10 miles really blew by. So what they're doing for you guys now is getting you 10% off at checkout. If you use the code Jared, J E R O D, obviously again, 10% off at checkout with the code Jared at beam, go try out some of their great new products. Some of the great flavors that they have, you will be very impressed. So now let's dive into some of the stories of this episode. So I bet you were thinking that I was going to sit here and give you 1,000 things that I learned from one running 1,000 miles. Well, that's not the case. I'm going to break this episode up into two parts. The first is five things that I learned from running 1,000 miles. Someone told me, I don't know who and I don't know where I heard this, but 
if you're going to create a list for someone to read, narrow it down to five to 10 things, because after that, people are just going to start to think this list is too long. You can narrow it down into five things. We're going to talk about those five things. Then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the marathon that took place on October 31st. Quite the story from there. And um, if you're ever thinking about running a marathon, I'm going to share with you just some things that I learned from my first experience. I'm obviously not a running coach. I am not a professional runner. And I wouldn't even say I'm an experienced runner uh, just yet. But some of the advice that I have just comes from that experience. And I hope that you enjoy. So we're going to dive into these five things that I learned from running 1,000 miles. Again, kind of the backstory here. I told myself that the goal for 2021 was to run 1,000 miles. That was really, and I'm being truthful, my first ever New Year's resolution that I truly stuck to and truly accomplished. So props to me on that. Um, Definitely an eye-opener in the sense that I need to create more realistic, obtainable, and structured New Year's resolutions or just goals uh, moving forward. But diving in to five things. The first thing for this, if you're thinking about running, make sure that you create a plan and stick to it. But remember, at the end of the day, it's one foot in front of the other. When I first saw this challenge of a thousand miles that I set out, I was thinking there's no way that I can do this. 1000 miles seemed so far away from that first run that it almost felt daunting to really do it. But what I found was doing that monthly update on my Instagram and just posting that story really helped me kind of see that more in that stages of those 10 months or whatever it was to really get to that thousand miles and seeing, okay, 83 miles after January is one step closer to 1000 and two, you know, 100 and whatever in February, so on and so forth. And just baby stepping it into that thousand miles before just being like, oh man, I have to find a way to run a thousand miles before, you know, December 31st of 2021. So that's the thing, whatever you do, I think the best thing to do right now is create a plan of a goal that you're looking to achieve, create that plan, but try not to look at it always so big picture and focus maybe a little bit on the smaller steps into obtaining that end goal. All right. Number two, This one was interesting, and it's a little more specific to running, but I think you can kind of use this in any sort of thing or any challenge or goal that you have, and that is to clear your head. Use these runs or these challenges or these times that you're building on this goal to clear your head, whether it's running after stressful days, running after a stressful project that you finally got completed, or even just running during the stress-free times. What I found was whether it was a great day, it was easy to get a run in. But even then, if I was really pent up on stress or felt that I was falling behind in work or uh, even just like just flat out stressed out, going out for a run, even if it was one, two, three miles, really helped me kind of get that fresh idea or just get a clean slate so that when I did come back to my laptop or woke up the next day to to go and retackle that task, I had a, a different perspective on it. Because sometimes you feel like staring at the same thing or looking it over 1,000 times, it can be uh, annoying, right? Like I found that using that time to run was kind of that, here's that buffer period before it gets all crazy again. So for me, that run really helped me 
stay in that flow state for work and for life and for the different things that I had going on in my life. So number two, it's okay to run or do the things during the stressful times just as much as it is to do those runs or those goals during the easy times. So number three, look, we're already over halfway through this list. One of the things that I thought was really cool about doing this thousand mile man challenge was finding new areas to run. For me, I started to do this challenge and found myself doing the same loop in Somerville time and time again, because it was convenient. It was close to my house, obviously, and I could get back to work or get back to whatever I was doing quick and easy. Right. But I obviously got bored. And if you're going to do that for a thousand miles, and however many, I think it was like over 145 hours it took me to do this. Like it can get very, very boring. So trying new areas, I put a little note in this notes that I've been trying to write on this episode is it's worth the drive, right? Seeing those new things, even as silly as, you know, a new spot on the Charles River, or for me, even being able to do it in states like Connecticut, California, Utah, and even Hawaii being able to run in those brand new areas that you just kind of run and you kind of figure out your way back. You know what cross streets you cross, you know where you turn right and where you turn left, but just don't really care about the end point because when you're doing those same loops, like you already know how long it's going to take you, where you're starting your end is. But when you're doing it in these new areas, you're like, I don't care what's down the street. I mean, obviously I hope it's safe, but I don't really care. I just want a, a view of the beach or a view of that crazy skyline or whatever you're chasing during that run. I always thought it was so cool to be able to visit new places and see new things on these types of runs. So trying new things. If you're starting running, I always say it's worth the drive. If you want to go see new places um, and try new routes to run. All right. Number four. And I think for your health, this is the most important one. Again, not a doctor, not a professional runner and by no means an expert on the topic. But what I found was very important in doing this to to complete it successfully was to listen to my body. And I got that advice from episode seven of this podcast way back in the day with Becca Peasy. And she is an incredible athlete who ran uh, seven miles on seven continents in seven days. If you haven't heard the story, definitely go back and check out that episode. But she, she quite, I, when I asked her, like, how did you do it? You know, in so many words, I, she said, just listen to your body and your training. Your body's going to tell you, Hey, like I can't physically keep going right now. I know the training schedule says 17 miles, but right now I can give you 14. Trust me. It's a weird thing. And I didn't, I was kind of like, oh yeah, okay. Your body talks to you. Your body definitely talks to you, especially when you're running that hip tightening up that leg cramping. It's a sign that you have pushed yourself beyond your limits. And that just tells you going forward, you know, where that limit is and you know where to push it a little bit more, a little bit more to get to that 17 miles, 20 miles, 26.2 miles, whatever it is. But in the time, don't let your ego get too big for what your body is able to do. So if it means, you know, even if like I had one experience where I was supposed to run like 10 miles and I only got to four because my, my left hip tightened up so much that I literally couldn't keep going with the strides that I had to stop. So I thought this is it. I'm the decline has started. You know, obviously I'm getting in my own head, but at the end of the day, 
your body is going to tell you what it can and cannot do. So, and anything, and if you're starting to run, just listen to that body and take those baby steps. You do not have to do that half marathon in the second week of you running. You're going to get there. I promise. All right. And number five, and this is a cheesy one, but it has a lot of meaning to it. It's enjoy every single run. Look, I can't lie to you and tell you that every single mile of this thousand mile man challenge was so much fun. I had a blast doing it. I wanted to wake up every morning and do another run. That wasn't the case. And quite honestly, there were days where I, even in this marathon training that I like knew that I had to get miles done. I just didn't want to do it. I really, I really didn't want to get out of bed. I really didn't feel that my body could go 10, 12, 15 miles, right? But it's those runs that you invite your crazy enough friends to do it with you, or you listen to a new podcast, or you try a new playlist, or something as silly as doing, like, the one thing that I had for my marathon training and this Thousand Mile Man Challenge, were the one thing that always got to me was the weekday, like, seven, eight mile runs, because I would usually get them done after work. And that meant getting to the gym at seven o'clock and knowing that I have to do at least an hour to even get to those seven or eight miles. And then I got to get home and cook. And I'm not trying to complain, but the point that I'm trying to say here is I would do the big booty mix run. And if you follow me on Instagram, I've, I've shared this on my story, but something as silly as using two friends, big booty mix to do a fun tempo run and, and trying different ways just to make running enjoyable. Because at the end of the day, you, Hopefully, if you're doing a thousand miles in, in a year, you enjoy running, but you do have to find that way of like, why do I enjoy running, right? It's instead of just running to run, I'm doing it because it's a fun social activity, because it's good for my health, because it's fun to do, so on and so forth. But even in those struggles of wanting to not run anymore, or to take another day off or take a whole weekend off or take a whole week off, try to find a new way to enjoy that next run. Um, I think that's super important for those that have those goals that take a lot longer to do, right? To the point earlier we made, I think in in uh, number one, it's like, this isn't going to take you, you know, a day, a week, a month. These challenges take time. So find new ways to enjoy those um, and, and trust the process. Enjoy the process because you, and I'm dealing with it right now, those post-race blues, now that it's over, being able to reflect on all of it, and see how far we've come. And I know Eve is listening to this. And I think I, this is the first time I dropped a we on this Thousand Mile Man Challenge. I do think this is a process that my followers and people who are close to me and have watched this have been through with me. So I like to use the word we because you guys did this with me together. So those are the five things I learned from my Thousand Mile Man Challenge. I hope you like them. I hope it resonates. I hope it inspires you to maybe try a run challenge or just even put on the pair of running shoes and go out for a run today. Now I'd love to tell you about this crazy, crazy marathon experience. So this next part of this episode, I want to talk about the marathon on Sunday and I promise not to monologue too much about it, but this was quite the story. I do have some experiences I'd like to share. And I hope that if you're thinking about running a marathon, that this either inspires you to, this is the, the kicker that puts you into gear to register or this kind of like, helps you with those unanswered questions about a marathon that only 
marathon runners can tell you. So that being said, as many of you may know who have been following me, on June 31st of 2021, I registered for the Cape Cod Marathon. I remember that's the point in that 1,000-mile man challenge where I was like, what am I doing this for? Why am I running 1,000 miles? There's no like end goal. There's, I mean, obviously the 1,000 miles, but there's no like last event. Like For me, there's no Big East Championship or there's no big swimming at the end or whatever it was. So I wanted a race. I hadn't raced since running wise. I hadn't raced since May of 2018. I obviously haven't done any competitive racing since uh, swimming for Providence. And so I wanted to be able to do that again. And COVID kind of cut that off in 2020. And in 2021, it felt like it was back to it. So signed up for the Cape Cod Marathon. And I remember texting Eve being like, this is the one I want to do because I want to make it a weekend in, in Cape Cod. Uh, and be able to experience that with you and make it, be, make it even a little bit more enjoyable than just staying there and watching me run 26.2 miles. So that was the goal. And she was all in and I was all in and we got started with training. I followed the Boston Athletic Association training plans on their website. It was like a 16-week training schedule. And I had already had about like 600 miles on the year. So felt pretty confident. What I didn't, <laughs> hindsight, I signed up, for, or I signed up, I chose level two. I probably should have chose level one, but I was confident. I was like, well, I've already been running this so much this year, so let's do level two. Level two was very intense. There's five levels. Level two was already very intense. But that being said, we're going to fast forward in this story because you guys know where training was. I told a little bit about it in the Thousand Mile Man Challenge recap up above, but let's talk about this past week, even just to Thursday uh, of this week, of you know, six days ago. On Thursday morning at 1025, the Cape Cod Marathon was canceled. And that was due to the crazy nor'easter that hit the south shore of Massachusetts and the Cape. And to be honest, before I talk about what I felt in that moment, I was very naive to the fact that this could have canceled the race because in Boston, the winds were insane. Um, and I knew that the South shore was going to get hit even harder. And I saw some of the devastation that was down there. And I thought, you know, it's only Wednesday night, maybe by Thursday, Friday and Saturday, they'd be able to clear the trees out, clear the course, you know, even clear the things like wet leaves and be able to run this race. But at 10 25, I remember I was sitting at my desk at work in Newton. I got an email to my Gmail from Cape Cod Marathon Weekend thinking like, oh, this is the uh, get ready for this weekend email. This is the, you know, what things you need to know for this weekend. And I didn't even look at the subject line. I just opened it up and in big red letters, uh, Cape Cod Marathon Weekend has been canceled as of 1025. And I looked at my boss who had known that I was doing this, who had been following the challenge, who had been following my training. He, he even like, and to, to no fault of his laughed a little because he couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was absolutely speechless. I, I, I didn't know what to do. Well, <laughs> immediately I, without, without trying, you know, being able to hold back tears, actually, I looked up for races I, I was ready to go to as far as Delaware. I didn't care where the race was. If I had to get on a plane in two days just to go do it, if it was that weekend, I really, really wanted to do it because I was already tapering. 
I was already ready to race that weekend. It would be almost impossible for me to try to ramp up training again for the Philly marathon in a couple of weeks or another marathon come November, December. And even then you run the risk of even poorer weather, the holiday season. There's not a lot of races post Halloween, honestly. So I'm scrambling around. I'm trying to find a race. I'm trying to find a race. And somehow, some way, I find an event called the Charles River Marathon. First thought, I'm thinking, where the heck was this race and why did I not hear about it? But without thinking, I registered. It was like the last chance registration fee. So it was something like $100, and which is, this part's amazing. All the proceeds go to raising awareness and research funds for cancer. And you have to raise a minimum, which is amazing too, you know, being able to raise for a charity foundation and to, to uh, have an impact on something like cancer research was amazing, but that was a $150 minimum. So immediately I threw $250 down. I was like, I'm doing this. I'm racing. I don't care. Take, take all my money, right? That meme of, uh, of, you know, just take all my money, but that was the plan. And, and that's, that's what we did. So by 1045 AM, I was registered for the Charles River Marathon. So obviously things have changed, right? I'm no longer running the Cape course, not running on the beach anymore. I'm actually now running 10 laps around a 2.6 mile loop of the Charles River. And for anybody that has played any sports or just seen anything, like just pictured things happening in the future, you visualize that thing happening. You So for me, I visualized that race on the beach for five months. And now I was doing a loop on a river that I've been training on for months. And like, honestly, I didn't really care. I just wanted a race. And I, I, I just kind of threw the whole visualization out the window. And I was just excited to be able to say that I was going to complete a timed marathon because I can tell you what, I was not going to do this thing virtually. Um, so we're going to fast forward to the day of the race. So the day the race actually comes, they actually had to push it out 45 minutes from the initial start because rain had been going all night sun Saturday night into Sunday morning. So I arrived with Eve and her parents at 5.45 a.m. for a 7 a.m. start. And it was still pouring rain. And I just, I, I had this itch that they were going to cancel it again. I just, and then I actually, I remember getting ready that morning at about 4.45. I was sitting there eating oatmeal for before to go leave for the race. And I just said, if they cancel it, it's just not meant to be. Like, I'm just not meant to run a marathon. And I'm going to just have to, you know, like pick my head up and do it again another time. But we drive to the race, we sit in the car, and the race director comes on and is like, hey, the course has portions of it that are in four inches deep of water, tons of mud. We're going to have to redirect the course a little bit. We're going to push the start out till 7.15 at the early, at the latest. Um, we'll let you know of any updates, but that's when the rain's going to stop. Rain doesn't stop. He pushes it out another 30 minutes. We do get a race at 7.45. I really felt for this race director because you could tell he didn't want to cancel this race. So for those that don't know, the Charles River Marathon is the flattest marathon in 
in the in Boston, obviously, but just like one of the fl- flattest in the country. And a lot of people go to it to to get their Boston qualifying time. And the day before uh, Cape Cod canceled, they had about 75 runners, all of which were probably going for their Boston qualifier. Then then Cape Cod gets canceled and all these people are scrambling. And he actually sells out the race by Thursday at lunch with about a, you know 200 more uh, Cape Cod runners. What was crazy was that Cape Cod had registered 1,100 runners for the marathon and just about 200 got in to the Charles River Marathon because he capped it at 300. This is not a big marathon. It's not a big course. It's a big, you know, it's only a 2.6 mile loop. So it would have been insane to have 1,100 people. So I somehow was fortunate enough to get there, get a spot, and have a race. So let's talk about the race itself. One thing before we jump in that I was just so shocked to see. Obviously, the race was on Halloween, and it brought some characters to the event. Even Forrest Gump came to the party. And a runner dressed up head-to-toe like Forrest Gump, flannel, cargo pants, like Converse shoes. It was like Nike Air Force Ones and a Bubba Gump shrimp hat and ran the entire marathon dressed like that. I, I was like... For the bit, this is hilarious. For your knees and for your health, I feel horrible. But it was incredible. Anyways, jumping into the race itself. Now, one thing that was cool about this race, they had pacers. And I decided I had a goal of sub four hours. I originally had a goal of 345, but I think sub four was more attainable. So I jump into the 347 pace group. I thought, well... If I fall off this pace, I just have to know to beat the three fit, you know, 353 pacer or whoever the next pacer was. So I jumped in, met some awesome people. Another one that was running their first marathon and the pacer was very nice. The way that they had it was the pacer was only going to run four miles and then have a new pacer step in just to kind of keep fresh legs. So the one thing that I want to say about marathons is that first mile two miles, three miles, depending on how big your marathon is, can be absolutely hectic. There was only 300 people there. And I felt like I was getting absolutely sandwiched in between some of these crazy, crazy people that have incredible athleticism. And I was, I kind of panicked a little bit. I kind of panicked. I lost the pacer a little bit. I saw him in the distance. I kept trying to pick back up, pick back up. Finally, after about one full lap, so about three miles or so, I found a, uh, a, a uh, an area that was pretty uh, quiet or like not a lot of people were, but it was ahead of the pacer. So I just inserted myself up there and I just decided to stay ahead of the pacer and just see what happens. And it cleared up a lot more and a lot more as the race went on, but I was way ahead of the pacer. And if you remember from a couple episodes ago, Chris Robertson uh, gave me the advice that try not to bank time in a marathon because you're going to want to build into it. And I wish I can say that I did that. So I'm significantly ahead of the 347 pacer. And I actually find myself falling into this group of guys that are, are going at a pretty even clip. They're, they're doing about an 825 pace. So I fall in with them. I'm feeling good. This is obviously 
ahead of the pace that I was gunning for. This is even better than the 345 pace. And I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, we're going around these loops, you know, loop, uh, lap three, lap four, you know, lap five, we're going through mud. The, uh, race volunteers are laying down hay in these mud puddles. Uh, we're trenching, you know, we're trenching through puddles of water. And one of the racers goes, this kind of feels like we were running, like when we were kids, you know, like running through puddles and jumping around and all that. It was, it was kind of insane. There was mud everywhere. My shoes, my great white Nike shoes just absolutely uh, destroyed. But I found myself finding a groove with this pace group. And I remember the cool thing about this marathon that obviously Cape Cod would not have had was being able to see Eve and her parents at least 10 times. They stayed in the same spot right at the beginning of the starting and finish line. And I got to see them every time that I came through. And I remember Eve told me after the race that she could tell that I was really feeling it when she saw me come in when I finished the seventh lap. And I could tell you she was spot on. I finished lap seven. And this is where my body was like, we should stop. We should really stop. I had fallen off the pace of 825. I was now going about 830, 832 pace. But my miles now were going like 910. You know, like I'm really falling off the pace. I'm still going under under four. But I was just like, I just need to finish now. I just need to finish. And it really just felt like one foot in front of the other. I turned on that autopilot mode, kind of like you do when you're having a a bad swim practice and you just got to get through it. One arm in front of the other. You just don't even feel like you're doing it anymore. You're just kind of going through the motions. And I remember that last lap like it was yesterday. It almost was yesterday, but it's that's the thing about those lap marathons is you know that one tree which means you had this much farther to go you know that this bend or up this bridge means you're actually a lot farther than you think or this water station is a mile and a half exactly and that just felt like it made that light at the end of the tunnel just so much farther away so much farther away because there's no mile markers so i was just like get me through this race and I just remember coming through the home stretch and being able to see Eve and her family was absolutely incredible. I want to finish with that. Having that support system really was the best part of the whole experience. I cannot thank them enough. I cannot thank the, everyone on Instagram enough. All the DMs through the Thousand Mile Man Challenge, all the comments on my Instagram, the texts afterwards, it really made it all worth it. And being able to call my dad after and tell him I'm, a, you know, I finished a marathon and, you know, being able to go see him tomorrow is it all just made it so much, so, so worth it. And for anyone that's looking to do a marathon or has aspirations to do one or thinking about one, or even just like almost there and just needs to hit register, do it. I, yeah, people have asked me, are you going to do another one? I, I, I can't say confidently that I really want to right now, but I think it is in my future. Um, do it. Definitely stretch afterwards. Um, I did not stretch as much as I should have. But if any piece of advice, if there's any like last-minute doubts that you have before you register for a marathon, do it. 
trust your training, you know, just believe in yourself. And it, it's, it really is one foot in front of the other. And that being said, that does it for this week's episode. I thank you for listening to this first solo episode of Normal Guy Lazy Eye. I don't know how often we're going to do this. I thought this was a pretty cool story to share with you guys. I know many of my followers have been following this journey for quite some time. So this is kind of that cherry on top of the Thousand Mile Man Challenge. We did finish with 1,050 after the marathon. So mission accomplished in the Thousand Mile Man Challenge. Mission accomplished in the 26.2 with a time of 347.57. And thank you guys so much for listening. I always appreciate the support. This podcast would not be possible without you guys. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at NormalGuyLazyEye. You can get your Normal Guy Lazy Eye merch by clicking the link in our bio on Instagram or in the description of this week's podcast. And I will see you with a brand new episode next week with a brand new guest. And I'm super excited to introduce them. I will see you guys soon.